Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Monster 8 the Pilot, the podcast hosted by me, Brandon. It is Sunday night, so we got five songs of the week. We also have other ramblings, some sports talk, some real talk, TV talk, movie talk, comedy talk, life talk, I guess. I don't know. It's going to be one of those fun episodes. I don't even have a whole lot planned. I kind of had to scramble for five songs. Like I said, I think we'll be uh, cutting that back to uh, three. Just because, like I said, I think the episodes are getting a little bit too long in the tooth. Um, our Mitch is. Also, I feel like the uh, mic's kind of hot. I don't know why I'm trying to get that figured out. Nothing's changed since Wednesday. <clears throat> uh, opening song tonight, Sam Fender, 17 Going Under. That was one of the songs of the week way back before there was music on this podcast. So, uh, yeah, like I said, what a great song. Really good song. Well-written song. Uh, huge song. Huge. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think I've picked out some five good songs this week. Uh, like I said, we're going to talk uh, just a little bit of everything. I've got a few things. I've got my thoughts on the Lord of the Rings series. I've got, or because I've watched the first episode, I haven't watched the second one yet. I'll probably watch that after I get done here tonight. Um, my thoughts on the second episode of House of the Dragon. Um, I don't know. Yeah, like I said, watched a really cool movie I hadn't watched probably since I was like 15 last night, so I'm pretty excited about that. That'll lead into one of the songs of the week. Man, man, I'm starting to, everything's coming together. Everything's coming together beautifully, boys. Uh, remember, I am available on Stitcher, Amazon, Radio Public, Google, Apple, Spotify, and Anchor. Anchor, the sponsor of the episodes. Thank you so much. We should be back on video this week. Looks like it. Um, if you like what you've heard, spread the good word. You know, like, share, subscribe, support, whatever you want to do there. Don't have to if you don't want to, but if you do have some suggestions, let me know. I think Wednesday I'm actually going to answer some fan questions. If you can call them fans, they're just my friends. <laughs> um... I can't think of anything else. What I usually do, I said the song, and I, uh, you know, did everything I needed to do. So let's get into sports talk. <laughs> it still cracks me up. Like the thing's like a week old. I should, I should not be laughing as much as I am, but it cracks me up every time. Sports talk. Liverpool Everton battled to a nil-nil draw yesterday, and it it was a really good game. You easily could have been three-three. Uh, both goalkeepers, uh, Pickford for the shitheads across the way, the blue, and uh, Alley were outstanding. Pickford made some fantastic fucking slaves all the way to the end. Um, I think most shot was going to the bar anyway, but I know we got a hand to it. But yeah, it was it was a really good game up and forth. I think we might be in a transitional year overall for Liverpool. Like I said, we just we are dead on our feet already. Six games into the season, we seem dead on our feet. Trent was awful again. He brought in Milner to play, and Milner. Did not have a good time. Robbo didn't do nothing when he came on. Bobby really should have started because he he looked electric when he came on. Bobby's kind of in a groove right now. I thought Darwin played really well. He had that fucking wonderful shot that Pickford tipped onto the bar. Diaz didn't rung the post right after that. It's a good game overall. I know some people are saying Everton outplayed us. I don't think so. I think if you would have watched like the, it was a fair result, a draw. But if you said who should have like who would have won off the chances you saw, Liverpool should have won the game. Um. But man, that fucking save Alley had on Mape, who I completely forgot left Brighton for Everton. And I was like, oh, he's brought in to bang in the goals. I'm like, he never has banged in the goals. So if he's brought in to be your main goal scorer, you're in fucking trouble. The guy, I think, scored like double digits in the Premier League once. It was like 11 his first year. And the guy takes penalties too. So it's kind of a little bit of a loaded stat. Whatever. Um, other news. I know the uh, crew drew last night with um, Shet. Chicago it was not a game they really should have drew. Really should be winning that game. Um, nil-nil as well. Uh, I know they out, outplayed them really. XG had 
Columbus really won in the game, but you know, you got to take your chances there. Really should be a game they should have been winning. Now it's Montreal on Friday, and then um, let's see. They won the game the other night against Inter Miami. Huge win, one nil. Um, put some three points clear of Inter Miami. I think they're in sixth place right now, ahead of uh, Cincy and uh, Miami. So you know, keep fighting there, boys. And then uh, Preston lost yesterday to Birmingham City. I know they won the other day, so yeah. So therefore, we're like nine games into the championship season, and Preston has scored two goals and given up one goal. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, it's frustrating. You know, just absolutely nothing going forward, really. That's um, brutal. That's brutal. They've got to find ways to get balls in the back of the net. They have to. Uh, I know... Portsmouth won again, so you know Portsmouth's still top of the table in League Two or League One. So yeah, keep pushing that promotion, boys. Pushing that promotion. Yeah, but Liverpool signed Arthur from uh, on loan from Juventus. Um, interesting signing. I don't know. I don't personally rate Arthur that greatly. Not that highly, I guess. But still, he's a good body. He's very similar to Thiago in a way he can kind of play. He's not nearly as technically gifted as Thiago, but I know some people who really think highly of him. Issue is he's also an injury guy. He's another guy who has some injury problems. That's our problem is that we sign these guys who have injury issues, you know? Fucking Nabby's been... Nabby's made a glass. Nabby's going to be out for a while. They said it was a freak thing, a fall. I'm like, yeah, it's not a freak thing with him anymore. It's just expected. Uh, Thiago should be back soon. That should change the way we play a little bit. Um... Same time, uh, like I said, City dropped points and uh, Arsenal lost today. So, really, that's a point gained when you really think about it. So, I don't know. Like I said, we don't win at Goodison against uh, Everton that often away from, like, I think we won like three times in the last, like, nine years. So, you know, we don't lose to him. The only time we've lost to him was not in front of fans in the last, since, like, 1994. We've only lost to him, like, one time. And, uh, yeah, so it's just, like, uh, I don't know, man. I think... It's still not over yet. Like I said, the way the results went this weekend, it's actually not the end of the world. Because that's an expected, like, drop two points. Because, you know, it's going to be a tough game. It's going to be, you know, such a battle. Like I said, Everton and Liverpool, literally, you could see Stanley Park from Anfield. So, you know, they're that close. They're in the same city. They are, you know, it's like uh, it's the Mets and the, not even the Mets and the Yankees are closer than that. I'm trying to think. It'd be like, uh, I guess, no, the Nets and the, who shares fucking stadiums out there? There's teams out there that share stadiums, isn't there? Just that year when, like, the Giants and the Jets shared a stadium. It'd be, like, kind of like them in the same division. Excuse me. Oh, had some of the local Arby's before I came on tonight, so I'm going to be probably, you know, having some some digestive issues. <laughs> oh, I don't have a lot of sports talk. Do I? I don't think I have anything else. Do I? Yeah, fuck it. I haven't really been watching anything outside of the the footy. The footy's all I watch, man. I guess college football started back up last night. I guess High State won. I don't care. Um, it's just, I don't know. I used to, like the opening weekend at college football used to be like just the, the best thing in the world to me. And now, fuck, I don't, I don't know. I really don't know anything. I don't know who's supposed to be good. I'm, I think High State's, yeah, they got a couple guys I guess I remember from last year, but I don't give a shit. It just doesn't affect me anymore. Used to be one of the same things. I, I think I talked about it last time. You know, like stuff that affects my weekend sports-wise. It's like a Liverpool loss affects me. Um, the Bruins get eliminated from the playoffs, and that always affects me a little bit. 
But man, like I remember when I was being younger, just like tearing up the living room one time because the high state was losing to Michigan, which I grew up in the '90s, and that was like expected. <laughs> it's changed since, but yeah, it's just uh, it's it's different. Uh, I just don't care anymore, man. I don't know if it's there. Like I can't say it's like because they're young or whatever, you know. Like I said, I should I be caring that much about sports, college sports, like basically 18 year olds, what they're doing? Not really, but at the same time, I know some people really do. But at the same time, I just don't give a shit about football anymore. I really don't. I just I find football very boring. Um, I guess like I can I can appreciate it. It's like a whatever it is. But at the same time, it's three seconds of action and 45 seconds of standing around. I don't fucking get it. It's kind of uh, lame, guys. I don't. Know, I'm just so goddamn contrarian anymore. That's really my issue. Is I'm just a contrarian. <laughs> you like it? I hate it. That's just how it is. Oh, I like. I used to like that band. Now you like them. Um, actually, they were never that good to begin with. <laughs> I am such a douche. Douchebag. Douchebag. <laughs> I hate that fucking thing so much. Why do I play with it? <laughs> that should be the end of the sports talk for the evening if you need to skip past it. Like I said, I didn't have a whole lot planned for it. Where are we at? My computer's not working the way it's supposed to. Oh, man. I watched the new Sam Morrell special before I started. I got home, ate the local Arby's, and... uh Watch the new Sam Morrill special, uh, same time tomorrow. Really good. I got to watch basically him working it all out uh, a couple months ago here in Columbus at the Funny Bone. I think me and Jake went to that one. Yeah, me, me and Jake went to that one. Uh, me, Jr. and Dave went and saw uh, Mark Norman a few weeks before that, which was pretty cool. Uh, is my mic picking it up? I think it is. I don't know what's going on here. Um, the Mark Norman stuff was pretty cool. They, they had like the dueling mics. Him and uh, oh shoot. His name was Chris. I can't remember the guy who opened for him. Chris something. Chris Allen. There we go. And Sam. Sam was really good stuff. God, his special was really good. I absolutely. Yeah, it was great. Uh, he made fun of pedophiles, which always gives me. I always. I always crack up when people make fun of pedophiles. It's just like you know. You know. It's uh. I, like he said on there, he's never had a pedophile stand up in the middle of a show and say enough. <laughs> You've gone too far. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, I don't know. I really love Sam. He's guys kind of came on for me in the past uh, probably two years, two three years. Uh, I think um, I can't remember. I think Marin was talking about him one time. Like him, it's like Morrill, uh Normand, Joe List are kind of like new up and comers, which is kind of funny because I think like Norman's like thirty eight. <laughs> I think they're all like in their mid to late thirties, and they're coming up. You know, they're finally breaking through or whatever. Um, so I'd never really listened to those guys, and I finally did. I was like, God, these guys are wonderful. Like, uh, you know, Sam's got that kind of dark observational humor, makes a lot of, uh, like, nice little quick, not quick-witted, I don't know. He's got great crowd work. Uh, he even uses it in special. Usually you don't use that much crowd work in a special. You use quite a bit. Um, Norman's all about metaphors, and they're always great. He always he does the rule of three with comedy. Uh, I don't know. I love stand-up comedy. When it's great, it's just absolutely wonderful. It's kind of become a thing in the past few years to kind of hate on it and think it's not funny or, you know, because it doesn't fit what you, I guess, believe or whatever. But it's never supposed to. I, I think one of the best ones is uh, Colin Quinn, who's not really a stand-up anymore. He's more of a one-man show guy, kind of like Mike Birbiglia. Uh, what was the chick with Nanette? Oh, I forgot her name. Hannah. Is it Hannah? I can't remember her name anymore. 
Um, it's like one like one man, one woman shows. You know, they're different than stand-up comedy. It's kind of in the same vein, but it's different. Colin Quinn has one in the uh, Red State, Blue State, which is absolutely wonderful. It's one of my favorite things to watch on Netflix. Uh, Red State, Blue State by Colin Quinn. He's like, uh, yeah, the whole reason I got into comedy was to conform to the uh, majority and st- straddle the lines of uh, society. He's like, yeah, that's exactly what comedians are. Like, they're not, they don't operate within the same rules we kind of do. Like, obviously, they know there's a line. I think that's what they talked about in those Rose Solos years ago. It's like, yeah, there's no line, but it's like, well, of course there's a fucking line. <laughs> there's some stuff we're not going to say. Uh, no, but I love stand-up comedy. I still think like uh, like uh, Hannibal Buress at the beginning of the 2010s was just another level of comedian. You know, obviously these old ones with Carlin and Pryor. Um, I never cared about Kennison, I guess, in the 90s. I didn't give a shit about Andrew Dice Clay. Um, I don't give a shit about Rogan as a stand-up. I think he's kind of just fucking not that great. I don't know. It always feels like he's got a good bit, and then he just has to... He can't... He can't stop himself, and it kind of sucks. Um, I think Tom Segura is pretty funny. I don't care about Burt Kreisner. I know he's huge right now, but I think he's more of a funny person than an actual comedian. I don't know. It just His stand-up never connects with me at all. Uh, I used to love Berbiglia. I haven't listened to his last few – I say used to because I just haven't listened to his one-man shows he does usually on Broadway or off-Broadway or whatever he does now. John Mulaney's absolutely hysterical. Uh, there was a chick a couple years ago, Emmy Blot, Emmy Blotnick, who I thought was absolutely hysterical on her Comedy Central Presents, um, a half hour special. It was one of those where I like sought it out. I think I paid for it just to get it. I love Ron Funches, Funches of Us. That's one of my favorite stand-up um, specials ever. That's, that's absolutely hysterical. Yeah, but the Emmy Blotnick one, I can't remember if she had a fun name for that or not anymore. That was a really good one. Um, Christina P. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I love stand-up comedy. It's great. Um, because there's just so much you can do with it, and there's so much that exists within that realm that it, it's just... I wish I could do it. I just I just don't think I could take hecklers. Obviously, I also love Bill Burr, I think, and Mark Marin. I mean, those are probably my two biggest influences in this podcast are those two guys, because really, that's also the only podcast I ever would kind of listen to here or there. <laughs> like I said, I just don't listen to podcasts. So, yeah, it's uh, it's fun. Um, shit, I kind of lost my train of thought. Whatever. Like I said, like, there's so much you can do with it. I kind of always wanted to do stand-up. Like I said, I don't, don't think I could take a heckler. I just don't think I could do it. you got to go to Boston, and those people, there's rooms in Boston that are literally there for you to get fucking made fun of and, like, trashed by the, <laughs> by the audience. And you just have to, like, learn to take it because it's going to happen. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. I wish I could have done it. I wanted to for a little while. A couple years ago, I thought about getting back, like getting back into like maybe writing that stuff out, but nah, I just don't think I could take it. I'd rather have this podcast and stay anonymous. <laughs> oh shit! Oh man! Itchy, 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 man. Yeah. So I watched the uh, Lord of the Rings show the other day. Or watched the uh, first episode. I liked it. I guess it's getting review bombed by you know the people who can't stand the fact that there's diversity. Also, I, I think that's a little. I think that's too blankety. I think there's also issues like there's a lot of people who hate the fact that it's not very attached to the lore, so they don't like that very much. You know, like the story's changing a little bit. They're condensing characters, condensing timelines to make things work. And it's like then don't tell that story. Tell the story as it's told from the book the best you can. Uh, they always like to use this quote from Peter Jackson when he was making The Lord of the Rings, like, you know, we're here to do the best we can to bring Tolkien's story to life. 
and it says it feels like with this one's like we're doing our best to make Tolkien tell our story. It's kind of how they're kind of using it. So I kind of get that a little bit. I think the uh, casting stuff is completely overblown, and who gives a shit? Um, if you can make it make sense, like obviously, I'd have eh, whatever. I don't know. It's just I don't have a problem with it. And watching it, I thought it was good. As well, I think the morph. What's her name? Morphid. Clark, I think that's a chick playing Galadriel. She's got an uphill battle just because she's not Kate Blanchett, and that that's always going to be tough if you're expected to be Kate Blanchett because you, you just can't. You can't. She's she's an angel. Uh, you just can't touch that, you know. And she has a couple of times where she, for no reason, just like really like her eyes get really wide and she's just like staring. <laughs> just I'm like, what the fuck is happening? She's like she's getting intense, and there's no reason to get intense. Um, I don't know, man. Like I said, I liked the first episode. I thought it was good. I'm going to watch the second episode probably, like I said, when I'm done. Um, I enjoyed it. I think it's got a lot of room to grow. Um, I'm not that much into the Tolkien lore where I don't have problems. And then also I thought they had gotten the – like I I remember they didn't have the rights to the Cimmerillion. But then I thought they got the rights, and apparently they didn't. I thought they did, and they, now they don't have them. So I don't know. <laughs> if I think you're going to sink in a billion dollars into – this, which Amazon has put a billion dollars into this show, why the fuck don't you have the rights to the book it's based on? Like, all the stuff it's actually based on. How the fuck did you let that one slip through, Jeff Bezos? Come the fuck on. <laughs> like, geez, yeah, I'm going to put a billion dollars into something we kind of can only half tell. The fuck was that about? Like I said, because they had the whole killing of the two trees, was which was done by uh, this massive spy, a spider I can't remember the name, and uh, they, they, they play around with the Melkor, uh, Morgoth stuff, but he has a big fucking spider that takes down that goddamn tree. They didn't do that, and that kind of bummed me out, but then I found out they didn't have the lore for that, or they didn't have like the rights for that part. I'm like, it's weird. Like The fact that they can tell any story without the rights to the actual book it's based on is just weird. I don't know. I think some of it's kind of designed pretty cool. I think it's absolutely beautiful to look at. Cinematography-wise, it looks absolutely incredible. Um... Like I said, I think it's got a lot of room to grow. I, I, you know, I don't give a shit that some people absolutely despise it just because of stupid things. Um, they're just trying to review bomb. Review bomb is getting the worst, though. I, all reviews are getting really stupid, especially anytime they go 100% on like Rotten Tomatoes. Like, okay, who gives a shit? Rotten Tomatoes is a garbage site to base your movie likes off of. Uh, and now, like, review bombing has become such a thing that it's just kind of like it's impossible to actually. You just have to make up your own mind, man. You just got to watch it. Go in clear heart, full eyes, or whatever they say, and uh, you know watch it that way because they you just cannot go and trust reviews anymore because most a lot of them are paid, especially in like I've learned over the years like video game industry is like absurd. Like anytime you see a good video game review, typically it's because the video game company paid to have a good review because like uh, I'll sit there and they'll say, oh this game got like a nine out of ten on IGN, and I'll play it. I'm like this game is straight fucking trash, and everybody thinks it's trash, but like every reviewer out there gave it a nine out of ten. It's like, what the fuck is going on, man? Yeah, but it's it's gotten to that point now anymore where people just pay like crazy for good reviews, and yeah, you can't trust anything, man. Don't trust it, man. Uh, what am I talking about? Oh, Lord of the Rings, I guess. Then I watched the second episode of House of the Dragon the other night. I didn't get any further than the Lost Rewatch. I just realized that. Motherfucker. Still on numbers, man. Still on numbers. I'll put, I might watch numbers when I get off work tomorrow. Numbers... Like I said, I think it's Dosex Machina and uh, Do No Harm. We're coming up to the end of Boone. Oh, man, I might cry. 
fucking love those three episodes. I really like, oh, well, I can't say it. I really like uh, Numbers. I think it's kind of a cool show. I love the ending, or cool episode. I think it's a kind of a, got a great ending with the numbers reveal. Deus Ex Machina is a really cool episode. It's got that creepy moment where uh, it shows Boone covered in blood saying Teresa falls up the stairs, Teresa falls down the stairs. It's so fucking creepy. It's great. And then obviously Do No Harm. For me, like I said, outside of like the finale, it's probably the best episode of season one. It's, it's a great episode lost. Uh, but like I said, I watched House of the Dragon the other night. I liked it. Uh, I had a friend who was being stupid. She was like, uh, yeah, they were trying to uh, marry the... Because she kind of told me what was going on. Like, they tried to marry the king off to a 12-year-old. I mean, are they just, like, trying to normalize pedophilia? I'm like, what the... F- that's a fucking leap in fucking logic. <laughs> no, because the whole time, the goddamn king's like... Um, like, kept like, putting his hand up every time they kind of mentioned, like, uh, she's 12. Like, uh, no thanks. And in the end, he doesn't get with the 12-year-old. So, good guy in my book. Good guy, great guy. Wonderful guy, Viserys Targaryen, the first of his name, or whatever the fuck. <laughs> uh, like I said, I've, I've enjoyed it. Uh, the, like I said, those, the two little kids, though, the, uh, the Valerians, the, um, yeah, the 12-year-old girl and her brother, those wigs <laughs> that they have to wear look so goofy. <laughs> like they're just too big or something. I cannot figure out why they look this so off on those two. Because I don't think it looks that bad on um, the father, the uh, Cordis Valerian. I, I don't think everybody's really got the names down just yet. Cordis, um, who's a great character, and like, or what you get to learn from him is a great character. Um, I think I'm going to like him a lot. It doesn't look that bad on him. But the kids just look goofy with those big fucking wigs on. Those big platinum, like, white, blonde wigs. <laughs> it just looks so odd. I don't know. Like I said, I've enjoyed it. I think it's kind of cool so far. Like I said, I think there's a lot to tell in this story that's going to be really good. I think it could ultimately be a better show overall than Game of Thrones. Just because they're not going to fuck up the ending. Because there's actually is an ending for them to play off of. So really, they just have to kind of do it justice. And it's going to be better than Game of Thrones because, like I said, by the end, Game of Thrones was just absolute horseshit. By the end, like absolute garbage. Like, uh, pluck my fucking eyes out, make me re- like forget that I liked that show to begin with, so I could forget how great it used to be. Uh, but I don't think, also at the same time, I don't think House of the Dragon will ever be quite as popular as Game of Thrones, and maybe the heights won't be as big as like you know. You had Baylor, you had Blackwater, you had uh, the Mountain versus the Viper, you had the Red Wedding episode. There's a lot of great episodes also, like, um, you win or, what is it, you win or you die? I can't remember, there's a season one episode, it's like season, I think it's episode like six, that's absolutely outstanding. So there's some great, ep- there's great episodes all throughout. Hard Home's still really good. And the rest of it can go fuck itself. Ay, ay, ay. Oh, man. Need to read more of the books. Like, like I, I haven't reread them in forever. Like I said, I read Game of Thrones last year, moved on to Clash of Kings, and this kind of like, oh, I'm gonna take a break and never went back. So I need to do that. I fucking love reading those books. I always find like cool things. There's always cool ways to read them too. Like you know, different like read them by character or read them by you know if you're trying to find certain things. Because like you can go deep into that fucking lore, man. Ay ay ay. I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah. And uh, last night. We're going to jump into the five songs of the week, but we're going to jump in off, it, off this movie I was watching last night. Uh, last night came home. I'm like, oh, I'm going to watch the High State Notre Dame game. I'm excited. And then I realized I don't give a shit. So then 
I decided to watch a movie that I watched in like 2004, 2005. I think it came out in 2004, if I'm thinking correctly. So I probably watched it in 2005. I think I watched it with my buddy Chris's dad, Danny. Big sexy. Big sexy of Otway. Hope he's doing good. I know he had a couple of health problems a couple years ago. So I hope he's doing good. Good guy, great guy. Wonderful guy. Um, yeah, we. I think me and him watched this movie. Like, this was like day I was out hanging out. And I just kind of sat down and started watching this movie with him. And I'm like, like I said, I was probably like 15 at the time. Maybe 14. So it was before I really got into movies and stuff like that. Like, so before I started like, actually, I guess, um, critiquing in a way, having like more of a, a critical mind when I watch stuff. It was probably right around that time where I really started developing it. Because I remember just watching this and just being completely captivated by the end. I'm like, I absolutely have to find out what's going on with this movie. It's great. It's Collateral with uh, Jamie Foxx, uh, Jada Pinkett Smith, Tom Cruise, uh, Javier Bardem's in it. Let's see, Mark Ruffalo. Bruce Dern. Let's see how many other people I can name. Uh, oh, shoot. The guy who directs all the action movies with Mark Wahlberg. I think his name is Paul. He's, yeah. He was in Corky Romano. He's kind of a douche. Um, let's say there's somebody else in this fucking movie. Oh, I can't remember anymore, but such a good movie. Michael, man, like, I just watched Heat the other, like, a couple weeks ago, and then I said something about how, you know, I never really cared about Michael Mann's other movies. I fucking loved Collateral when I was younger. It's one of those movies that kind of has weirdly disappeared from, like, my consciousness. And I saw it come like, oh, shit, I remember loving Collateral. And I like, saw Michael Mann, I'm like, oh, fuck, that's right. Michael Mann made that movie. It's got that signature Michael Mann style, that intensity. Oh, it's so good. It's such a great movie. I'm so glad it held up the way I thought it would. Fantastic film. Fantastic movie. Um, yeah, I watched it last night before Jada Pinkett became annoying. Uh, I don't know. She talked about how her grandma taught her to masturbate. That's fucking weird, isn't it? It's gotta be weird. It's fucking weird. Ugh. Blech. Gross. Whatever. Let's move on from that. But anyway, in the beginning of the movie, uh, they played this song that uh, me and the boys... Uh, Dave and Aaron, uh, we used to play at uh, Frankenstein's all the time um, back in the day when we used to hang out, back when we used to be friends. I hate them both now. <laughs> Psych. I love it. This is from one of the great neo-soul bands of all time, great drummer uh, Questlove, just a great band in general, The Roots. I really wish they weren't affiliated with that douchebag Jimmy Fallon. I'm still coming for that guy, by the way. <laughs> uh, this is The Roots This is The Seed 2.0 One of the great songs by The Roots God damn, man. Oh, I love the roots. 
I got, uh, I don't have this record, but I know I have, uh, the other one with, ah, oh, shit. Thought of it too quick. I fucking love The Roots. I love this song. We used to always want to kind of get together like a neo-soul band. I was going to be the guy who rapped, which is, uh, hysterical. I used to karaoke rap songs back in the day. Some Mark Wahlberg, Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch, some Outkast, some Ludacris, some DMX every once in a while. Uh... a simple little bass in the background but it's so fucking good and of course like Questlove's drumming is like fucking tight it's fucking good man I love Questlove I need to watch that documentary he made like uh, last year the year before can't, I fucking can't remember what it's about but it's supposed to be great and I just love Questlove and I like I said I love the roots man I love this fucking song it's one of my favorite songs ever top 30 probably top 20 even Oh yeah, so song number one of the week is The Roots with, uh, um, yeah, The Roots with Seed 2.0, man. What a great fucking track. Great song. Great way to start the week off, Brandon. Good job. Great pick. Uh, let's see. Where are we at? Yeah, but like I said, I was so happy to have watched Collateral. It's one of, like I said, it's a movie that kind of just kind of, uh, floated from my consciousness. Um, like I said, I just... It's just kind of cool, I guess, you know, to sit down there with, like, yeah, with your, uh, with your best friend's dad and just watch a movie. Watch a good movie, too. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise is so fucking good in it, too. Jamie Foxx is great. Great journey for his character. Mark Ruffalo's kind of theirs as, like, kind of false, uh, I guess, like, a, uh, false... How, how would I describe it? It's like, um, like, Jamie Foxx... It's like this... The whole movie's based on Jamie Foxx's character, really. Like, his whole journey and becoming more, like, kind of assured of himself. And, like, uh, Tom Cruise is, like, it's, like, almost like Tom Cruise ain't even a real person to him. But he's, like, also this part of it, like, part of uh, Jamie Con Jamie Foxx's subconscious that is trying to push him past this life. Why he's being held back. Why he's still just a cab driver even though he's in his 30s and stuff like that. It's a really interesting film. And I guess it was just written by, like, some Australian kid. Like, he sat down, like, he got in a cab when he was, like, 17 years old. He's, like, like... How weird would it be? Like you know, you got this like kind of psychopathic killer in your back seat, and you don't even realize it. And you're just shooting the shit with them, and because like in cab drivers, you have so many different people walking in and out. Yeah, but it was a really good movie. I was really, really happy to have watched it again. And like I said, it held up wonderfully. Oh yeah! And then another cool thing that happened yesterday. I really wish my computer would work properly. Was I got to see that they did that? Uh, I'm not a huge fan of the Foo Fighters. I like a lot of their songs. I don't think they've ever put together a great record, except maybe the first one. The first one's really good, uh, but they do make some great songs, some great tracks. Um, but they did the Taylor Hawkins, the drummer who sadly passed away earlier this year. They did like his big, um, uh, his like uh, kind of. They did like a big tribute concert for him yesterday, and um, they played the the band did. They played My Hero with uh, Taylor Hawkins' son as the drummer, and like man. Like I said, The Color and the Shape, which was the first Foo... I think that's the first Foo Fighters record, right? Is that the first one? Maybe it's the second one. I can't remember, but it's definitely the best one. It's got, like, a monkey wrench on it. I don't... I can't remember anymore. Is that long on that one? Yes, it is. 
Um, yeah, like I said, it's probably the best one. I know Lauren always talks really highly of that one. Um, other than that, like I said, they always made like good songs, good records, but they never really make great records. It's, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe I'm just a douchebag. Anyways, song number two of the week is My Hero by the Foo Fighters. Not just the drums, but I do love that bass. Like, yeah, it's a good song. It's a great song. We'll talk about Varsity Blues here in a second. Yeah, it was really cool, like I said, to see Taylor Hawkins' son just kind of, like, fucking kill it on the drums for this song. It was, uh, yeah, really cool. I think it's, like, 15 or something like that. Maybe 14, 15, 16 in that range. Um, but it always makes me think, if you've never watched the movie Varsity Blues with James Vanderbeek, oh, shit. Great film. In, like, an odd way. You know, one of those, like, not a good movie, but it's also kind of really fun to watch. <laughs> All about Texas football. I don't want your life. <laughs> Paul Walker's in it. Uh, Scott Kahn is like a date rapist, basically, in that movie. Uh, <laughs> he just, oh, it's, he says some slimy shit. You got Billy Bob, um, G- uh, John Voight, who's also in Heat. I forgot to mention him a couple weeks ago. Um, they play My Hero twice in the last game of that movie. And it's so weird. I think it's at the very start of the game. They play it, and then they do it again. Like, I think in the middle of, like, the second half after the big, like, guys are making their big comeback or whatever. It's so weird they picked the same song to do it twice. Oh, yeah. Like I said, I think this is kind of the part where they kind of showed, like, the kid uh, kind of fucking killing it. I do love, like, the this little bridge here, this little breakdown, and then the build to, like, the... I guess this is the build into the bridge. Yeah, so song number two of the week, Foo Fighters, My Hero, off the shape, the color and shape. Uh, what was that, 97? Yeah, like I said, a really cool song. Like I said, it was really cool to see. Like I said, you know, Taylor Hawkins was kind of, he was like that, he was number two of that band, you know what I mean? You thought of Dave Grohl, obviously, first, and you thought of Taylor Hawkins, even if you didn't know his name. You always kind of knew he was there. Uh, so yeah, like I said, really cool song. Like I said, I like the Foo Fighters. Don't absolutely, I'm not over the top in love with them. But I think, yeah, they made some good tracks, man. I don't know if they make any good stuff anymore. I don't think they even try to, which is kind of cool. I know Coldplay is doing the same thing. 
Like, they're basically saying, hey, we're retiring from making new music after, like, 2024 or something like that. And it's like, thank God! They haven't made, like, great stuff for, like, 20 years, man. Uh, yeah, because, like, those first few Coldplay records are fucking good. Really good. And then, like I said, X and Y, they started teetering a little bit. And then um, Viva La Vida has a couple good songs. But then after that, it's like, there's some catchy shit, but it's not good. There's, like, no meaning behind them. Whatever. Uh, why we talk about Coldplay? I can't remember. Oh, yeah. I really wish my computer would work properly. My nose is itching. Sorry. Oh, let's see. Uh, next song is one of the most iconic rock songs of all time. Um, I was listening to another band, which I'll talk about a little bit later. Why aren't they working? Come the fuck on. Um, it's mostly very well known because of the very opening part. It's one of like, uh, it's probably like, what, 1968, 69 in that range of the year. So it predates like punk rock by about 10 years, but it's a very punk fucking song. It's by uh, Detroit's own MC5. It's Kick Out the Jams, motherfucker. Yeah, like, you know how much balls that probably took back then to sit there, say that, to scream that? Which is weird because all the stuff on Spotify outside of like the uh, bootleg, like live shows they have on there, some. You don't get the kick out the jams motherfucker on the song, which is weird because like that's the iconic part of that song. Was that you know uh, what's his name? Is it Wayne Kramer? Let me double check. Oh yes, uh, yeah, it was uh, Wayne Kramer. Yeah, the whole kick out the jams motherfucker. Like that was, like I said, it was completely different for its time. So uh, yeah, so like yeah. Song number three of the week, Kick Out the Jams by MC5. Oh, why is it not working? I love when my computer decides I'm going to be about 10 seconds late. how frenetic this song is. It's just like fucking 130 miles an hour straight into your fucking face. Great stuff. Kick out the jams, motherfucker. show that would have been the first time they kicked this out, man. <laughs> Get it? I just said, once they kick this out, it comes to me sometimes. Magic comes to my head. Oh, man. Yeah. Fucking love MC5. I've been listening to him a little bit more lately. Like I said, uh, uh, there's another band later down the road. 
uh, that plays a song called Kick Out the Jams, but it's a little bit different than this. It's like the same exact uh, melody and timing and all that stuff, but like, yeah, they have different words because they're just kind of odd cats. Um, but yeah, like so, it's like for that, like I think I listened to them the whole way home today. They had some really great stuff. They're just like they're most well known for that moment, the whole kick out the jams, motherfucker. Um, but you know, they deserve to be known way more. Also, like Gwen Kramer, I think I think they put out a song not too long ago, actually. You know, may not be the same guys anymore because, like I said, this is fifty years old. Holy shit, fifty years of kicking out the jams. I gotta get them out. I said, like, a massive inspiration probably for a lot of punk bands about ten years later is probably Kick Out the Jams, because, like I said, it's a, it's a fucking track on there, man. Oh, yes! Some good stuff there, MC5, out of Detroit. Oh, my computer's working better. There we go. Next song, um, I saw a cool video on the Twitter. On the Twitter. Um, it was the lead singer of my next band, the Dropkick Murphys. Um, the band I used to be so in love with. I like, man, I used to be all about the goddamn Murphys. I probably had like 15 different shirts. I've been seeing them. I've seen them like four or five times. Um, they played some great stuff over the years. They uh, got massive for a while thanks to Martin Scorsese. Uh, but nah, like it was uh, Ken Casey fucking railing against those red hat wearing motherfuckers, and he's basically telling them, you know, if you're you're gonna push that uh, fake. Uh, the phony election bullshit. You can meet him outside for a fight, and uh, that's not that's not bullshit. Like King Casey will fucking punch you in the face. Uh, I can't remember where the show was at. I think it was a California show. Maybe it was. Uh, I can't remember where the fuck was that show. I can't remember. But you know, some douchebags got on stage because you know you play. There's a certain song that they play called Skinhead on the MBTA, which you know. If you don't know anything about like the history, like skinheads and stuff like that, it, it used to it originally started as a very all-inclusive movement, like in the punk, like uh, like genre, subculture, whatever. Um, and then eventually, you know, piece of shit Nazi motherfuckers decided to take it over and make it their own. And there's a lot of guys who still fight to keep like the, you know, you know, whatever. You know, what I mean, the take it back, I guess, from those piece of shit skinhead Nazi motherfuckers. Uh, but they have a song called Skinhead on MBTA. Guy takes over a train or whatever and just like rides the rails for the rest of his life <laughs> in Mass in Boston. Uh, no, but they play that and a lot of people get on stage. And some guys got on fucking stage. Like I said, I cannot remember where the fuck it's at. Ah, but like uh, they start doing the Nazi salute and King Casey literally fucking stops, walks over and fucking decks him like right, in, like full punch right in the fucking face and goes after him. Uh, there's another time in another show with some guys doing shit in the crowd, and he, you know, he's, he's telling him, like, you know, fucking come on, and then he just bops him on the head with a fucking mic, and then it's like, goes after him. Yeah, and here comes the whole fucking band of the rescue security guys, like, yeah, it's like, yeah, motherfucker, nah, he will, he will, he, yeah, if you want to meet him outside, he will fucking fight you. He's not fucking scared of you, you know. There's a reason why the Dropkick Murphys fans throw batteries at people. <laughs> Such shittiness. Uh, but I was thinking about this. I don't know. This song popped in. Like, I've been thinking about that since I watched that video. I said him just kind of railing on the whole fucking thing uh, about what's going on in the fucking world on stage a couple days ago. And uh, it just made me think of him. And my phone was dead today. And I couldn't listen to music on the way to work. So I just popped on the old CD player full of CDs that are probably 10 years old that haven't moved forever. And um, I switched CDs. And this came on from... 2014? 2013. 
2013, signed and sealed in blood. The song's called Rose Tattoo. It's all about, you know, Ken, like, it's all about, like, a connection of tattoos, memories, and, like, the family, and, like, just everything in his life and stuff like that. It's one of the best written songs by the Murphys, you know what I mean? Like, I think early on they were just straightforward, you know, kind of, you know, punk rockers with Celtic influences, and they kind of became pretty good songwriters towards, like, kind of that middle, uh, end of the uh, 2000s, early 2010s. Their stuff now doesn't quite have the same oomph or passion behind it. I think, you know, obviously when you become massively successful, and also when you get to that age, it's kind of really hard to probably write that really in-your-face kind of music still, and still be, like, really good at it. So this song's Rose Tattoos by the Dropkick Murphys. these memories all around me so I wouldn't be alone. That's a pretty good way to kind of think about tattoos or just kind of the stuff you keep around for yourself. You know, you could always, you know, I got this picture uh, book my sister got me last year for Christmas. It got me and my brothers uh, this nice little cool picture book of my dad and stuff like that. You know, you keep all those old, like, pictures. You keep all these old memorabilia around so you're never really alone. You kind of keep it all around. You keep your friends with you long after they're gone. Keep your family around long after you're gone. Uh, you know, it's, it's kind of a really cool notion. You know, he kind of telling the story through his old tattoos and stuff like that. You know, I like I said, I have one tattoo. I used to have uh, I used to have the idea of a rose tattoo. I think it was going to have it, like, right in the middle, like, right where my uh, shoulder blades and, uh, yeah, like, whatever, the clavicles meet right there in the middle. Of your, uh, I guess what, right, not above the sternum. The sternum's here, right there at the bottom of your neck. I was going to have a rose tattoo there. My mom would have loved it. <laughs> I used to have the idea of true believer just, like, kind of wrapped around my neck. <laughs> my mom would hate that. Uh, but I only have one tattoo on me. Uh, it's a line. Uh, I broke my leg when I was like 16. I don't think I've talked about it on the podcast. I lived in a fucking wheelchair for eight goddamn weeks. Um, I have one. My dad wrote me a note that I didn't get until after he'd passed. And it's like, if you can stay as you are, you will always make me proud. Love, Dad. Fuck yeah, that's a tattoo right there. I wanted to do one. There was like a, before he got, you know, before he... Uh, I had to be put into, like, the nursing home. It was, like, the last Christmas before he, you know, that was the last Christmas he spent home. Um, he he just couldn't get himself out of bed to go get Christmas presents, so he just got us Christmas cards, and it was, like, way better than any fucking Christmas present. Um, it, to mine, it was, like, never lose your free spirit, you know? Never lose your free spirit, love dad, or something like that. I wanted to get that on my arm somewhere, but couldn't, I lost that fucking card. It makes me mad. Uh, I don't know, man. I fucking love this song. Just for you, I 
You know, I know some people shit on the Murphys a lot, man. Eh, you know, yeah, they're not for fucking everybody. Some people hate bagpipes. Some people hate fun. Uh, you know what I mean? That's why, you know, I've had the fucking time of my life with their fucking shows. And, like, you know, it's like a lot of their songs deals with, like, a lot of loyalty and stuff like that. You know, you know, some, I, know I saw a cool comment from Kyle Kinane, who's a great stand-up comedian. He's another guy I really love as a comedian, uh, comedian I didn't mention earlier. Um, he's like, you know, I shit on the Murphys at St. Paddy's Day all the time. He's about, but I know for a fact this is exactly what they're about. Talking about, you know, uh, Ken Casey's rant the other day. He's like, this is exactly what they're about. Fucking badass. Like, these guys are pro-union. They're going to be in your face. They're not going to fucking, you know, they're not going to pull no punches when they talk to you. They're kind of that Bill Burr style, you know what I mean? Those Boston guys where, you know, yeah, like, you know, they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna have your back. But if you do something stupid, they're going to fucking let you know, man. And I, I try to try to be that way. I wish I was a little bit more that way sometimes. I think sometimes I'm, I should really speak up more to certain people, but, you know, you get into that inner circle, yeah, I'm going to be definitely that way, I'm going to be, I'm going to, you know, the who ride or die shit, <laughs> but it's like, but I will fucking let you know when you're being a uh, jackass, uh, yeah, but Rose Tattoo by the Dropkick Murphys, song number two of the week, oh, man, I, like I said, I saw it like four or five times, JR's been to a show, but never seen him live, because he's a drunk asshole, drunk asshole, <laughs> I love JR. He's one of my favorite people ever. <laughs> oh, man. Great stuff. Great guys to dropkick Murphy's. I know Ken was in a really bad uh, motorcycle accident a couple years ago, and he hasn't played bass really since just because his hands got all fucked up, too. And uh, I know he mostly just kind of handles the singing now. And, uh, you know, hopefully either he recovers completely or, you know, maybe that's just his thing now. I know he does the boxing stuff, uh, the cool bar he had in Boston that me and JR watched game one of the Stanley Cup finals at a couple years ago. I know that closed due to COVID. They wouldn't drop the fucking rent. And uh, so now that place is gone. It's a great fucking little spot right there. Uh, I can't remember how many steps from Fenway. It's a good spot. We sat there in the bottom of the, uh, in the, in the, the bottom, the basement. Yeah. Yeah. We sat in the basement and watched the, uh, fucking Stanley Cup finals game one, the Bruins, uh, blues. And there was this blues fan there. Oh my good God almighty. She was beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. I felt bad that the blues lost that night because she was so beautiful. I wanted her to be happy forever, but I think she got the last laugh in the end since the blues won that goddamn series. Motherfucker. I'm still not over that shit. Such horse shit. I'm not happy at all now. <laughs> oh, man. What was that, song number four? Was that song four? Yeah, it was song number four of the week. Dropkick Murphy's Rose Tattoo off 2013 Signed and Sealed in Blood. That record's almost ten goddamn years old. That means fucking uh, going out in style's 11. That was that may have been the best Dropkick Murphy's record. That was, that was a fun-ass record. Um, Blackout's great. Like I said, it's taking a... You know, they're an ACDC type, you know what I mean? You don't listen to ACDC expecting the your, like, you know, ideas about art to fucking change. Like, whenever you're 13 and listen to the Beatles for the first time, which I never did that, you know, I really appreciate the Beatles. I don't fucking love the Beatles. I, I know I love a lot of their songs, but I don't think they're fucking that groundbreaking or anything. Or they're groundbreaking in their own way, but... It, they're one that's difficult for me to like, kind of explain because every time I try to explain, I make it sound like I don't like them. I fucking love the Beatles. I think they're great, but they're never going to be one of those like, oh, this is the greatest band ever for me. That's just me, man. You know, the Stones are way fucking better. Bruce is way fucking better. Um, let's see. Let's say something controversial. Aerosmith's better. <laughs> I don't think Aerosmith's better than the Beatles. Oasis is a better version of the Beatles than the Beatles. Oh, God, that makes me want to throw up. I fucking hate Oasis. 
where are we at? I guess we're at song number five of the week. I kind of was alluding to them in the MC5 when I was talking about that. This is a band with another song called Kick Out the Jams. It's the Presidents of the United States. And the reason I picked this song, the reason I picked this song is that at work recently, like I've been, I bought some people some lunches and stuff like that. And uh, I've had a couple of them pay me back cash or whatever. And once I go, how it's like, you know, I'll get you something or whatever, you know, like, what do you want? So me being me, I don't ask for, like, money or just ask for something. Oh, you just buy my lunch or something like that. I got to be fucking Brandon. So what I did was I asked for seven bottles of Simply Peach Juice. Yeah, and that's what I did. And they showed up, and I have eight bottles of Simply Peach Juice in my fridge right now. And I'm a fucking happy camper because Simply Peach Juice is the absolute magnifique drink, man. It's not sponsoring this podcast whatsoever, but if they're ever looking to sponsor a podcast, I would do it for free in a second. I'm doing it for free right now, I guess, because Simply Peach Juice is next level, man. Fucking love it. I have eight bottles. I can drink a bottle a day. I thought about bathing in it last night. That's how much I loved it. Anyway, there's this great song by the President of the United States. I think anybody who's listened to him knows exactly what song I'm about to pick, because uh, <laughs> it's one of their... They're a very weird band. They kind of are. They're really good, but they're a very odd band. Like Not sound-wise, but just their subject matter. It's just kind of all over the place. Uh, they make some great shit. Uh, this song... Let's see. What year? 1995. The President of the United States of America. I think it's self-titled, isn't it? Yes, it is. This song is called Peaches. It's just such a cool fucking track, man. Have the balls to play this shit. Like, that, like, kind of mid-90s rock is so odd. Because it really is all over the place in wonderful ways. Moving to the country, I'm gonna eat a lot of peaches. I'm moving to the country, I'm gonna eat me a lot of peaches. I'm moving to the country, I'm gonna eat a lot of peaches. Moving to the country, I'm gonna eat a lot of peaches. Peaches come from a can. fucking track, man. I need to get into the President of the United States of America a little bit more. They're fucking wonderful. Every time I listen to them, I'm almost like, I gotta listen to more of them. I never get around to it. So maybe this is the week where I do that. Maybe next week is full of their stuff. Millions of peaches Peaches for me Millions of peaches Peaches for free
great song. Great song. Number five song of the week. It is Peaches by the Presidents of the United States of America, 1995. Great record. Great song. I think a great anecdote about, or a great way to close this episode, I guess, or a great way to close my week as a man who is, um, you know, has an abundance of peach juice now. An absolute abundance of it. Eight bottles. We're talking 51-ounce bottles, too. Not like these little ones that they give you at Wendy's with the orange juice now with their breakfast. We're talking about 51 ounces of fucking peach juice, man. 51 ounces. Times eight. Math. Ah, shit. How much is that? That's eight. 408? Come on, Brandon. Oh, my God. If you got this right, that's calendar. That's not calculator, you dumbass. Come on. Calculator. Come on. Come on. 51 times 8, 408. Yeah, math. I graduated high school. Yes. (laughs) Oh, man. I'm so happy I got that right. Millions of peaches. Peaches for me. Millions of peaches. Peaches for free. Oh, my God. Fucking love that song. Love the fact that I have that much peach juice. I don't even know what to do with it. I had to clean out my entire fucking, like, fridge. Just to fill it with the peach juice bottles. And you know what? I'd do it again in a heartbeat. Very happy about this. I'm probably going to go drink some peach juice after this now. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to drink peach juice, watch a Lord of the Rings episode. Maybe I'll probably watch House of Dragon in a couple of days. Um, i got plans to hang out with Jake a couple times this week. I might even see Dave's worthless ass. I uh, might see if uh, some other buddy wants to hang out with me and Jake or maybe me and Dave. I'm not sure if we're going to hang out on the same day or not. I have big time bro time. Big time bro time. Uh, big time bro time. I like that. Maybe that's the... I don't know. I, I, I don't even know where I'm going now. Once again, it's the end of the episode, so I have no idea what to say. Uh, my name has been... My name has been Brandon. Oh, my God. I am really at the end. This has been Monster Eat the Pilot. I have been your host, Brandon. Just remember, if you've liked what you've heard, spread the good word. I'm on Stitcher, Amazon, Radio Public, Google, Apple, Spotify, and Anchor. Anchor, once again, is the sponsor of the podcast. Go there for all your podcasting needs, or if you want to start one, it's so simple to do, man. So simple. Um, like I said, make sure you're out there staying positive, getting better, doing what you can to get those two things across. You know, I know things are kind of, t- everything's still a little tough out there. We're still fighting together. And like I said, I thought that Sam Real thing was pretty funny. If you want to kind of uh, rewind and kind of just laugh at something, the Sam Real stand-up special was great. Um you want to watch a really great movie, watch Collateral with that Jamie Foxx, Tom Cruise. It's kind of intense in spots, but it's pretty fucking wonderful. Um, let's see. What else? What else? What else? I don't think there's anything else. Like I said, don't listen to fucking reviews out there. Make your own mind up. If you're one of those fucking uh, review bombers, go fuck yourself. Um, like I said, like I said, there's not uh, the Lord of the Rings show is not perfect. I didn't, I didn't think it was perfect. I thought, I thought it was good. I think it's a great starting off point. You know, I might change my tune by the end of the season. But what I watched, I thought it was fine. I thought it was good. I think it's definitely something worth watching more of. Um, trying to think, what else? What else? Like I said, it's the end of the episode, so I don't know what else to talk about. I'll be back on Wednesday with the Springsteen Song of the Week. Now I have new ways to say it instead of coming up with weird melodies to say it to. Um, I'll also have some more stuff to talk about. I believe it will be Champions League football. I don't know if I'll actually be there Wednesday. If I'll be on... I work Wednesday. I think I work uh, till 6. 
I have to check. I'll be off Thursday, Friday. I bought my mama lamp. I'll go put that together. Then I'll go hang out with Jake and watch football. Be bored, play on my phone. <laughs> Fuck football. The NFL's back. Yay. I don't give a shit. Anyway, it's the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for understanding. Like I say, if you like what you heard, spread the good word. Like, share, subscribe, support. Do what you want to do, man. And I will see you Wednesday. Peace out. Girl Scout, uh, my sister will be on the show eventually. I've messaged Lauren through like three different services trying to get his ass to come on the show. But now he's being like my sister and never responding when I actually need him to do something for me. <laughs> I just absolutely roasted the both of them. Oh, man, I'm pretty funny. Funny guy with peach juice. See you later.